Welcome to Fleet Auto News Podcast. I'm Caroline Falls and today I'm speaking with Ampol Australia's Head of E-Mobility, Angelus Miranda. In April, Ampol made a very big announcement about its plan to roll out Amp Charge, a national network on EV charging stations. I'm with Angelus in person in a room on the side of probably Australia's biggest fleet conference and exhibition run by the Australasian Fleet Management Association. She's wearing Amp Charge livery on her shirt. Hello, Angelus, and thanks for taking time to share the news with our fleet audience. Hi, Caroline, and thank you for having me. It's great to be here. Now, first, tell us about Ampol's latest news, the Amp Charge rollout. I love the name, by the way. Yeah, we're very excited about this launch. It means a lot for the company. I think it's one of those big milestones. We have put so much effort and dedication of building the future energy strategy. And Amp Charge means we are very serious about the rollout. It really links into the the brand name and the parent name of Ampol, but meaning that we will be charging the electric vehicles of the future. Yeah, it's a great coincidence, AMP and AMP yeah. Ampol, AMP Charge. But what are some of the key numbers in, you know, this AMP Charge plan? Like how many EV charging stations will you have by 2023 or 2025, 2030, whatever the... We have a great ambition. Um, I think the ambition for 2025 is to cover around 700 public uh, public sites. Um, the commitments so far have been 121 sites towards the end of next year. That's going to be rolled out mainly in our fuel service stations. But we're also working with different partners to bring the, the, the brand and the, and the solutions into different places, such as destinations, shopping centers. Um, but also home and fleet solutions. So you, you wouldn't be surprised if you see an amp charge in your workplace in the future. Wow, it's pretty comprehensive. Um, I guess to come up with the plan for the amp charge rollout, you've done a lot of forecasting for demand for EV charges in Australia. Can you give us a peek into some of your insights? Absolutely. I think it's very important to um, when we to consider that when we are doing those forecasts, we are looking at what is happening globally in, in more advanced countries, but also w- what is the context of Australia. Um, so in that regards, we have done some projections about how companies are uh, setting targets for them, private organizations to, to meet net zero targets, but also different scenarios of what happens if we limit global warming to 1.5 degrees or 2 degrees. What all those forecasting is telling us is the EV transition is going to happen and likely to be around 10 or 20 percent penetration, depending on those scenarios. But it's going to happen. The fast, the, the pace in which the penetration of EV will happen in, in, in Australia will be a, a bit of a question mark at the moment and, and most likely will happen earlier in the passenger segment. What it means is that customers will need to start thinking about charging solutions and locations where that's going to take place. Our analysis suggests that for passenger vehicles, most likely around 80% of of the charging will be at home. That's going to be the location of choice, whether for 
like commercial vehicles, that mix is going to change. I am likely to be a 50% home, 40% in the workplace, and the rest will be in public spaces. Like on the road, etc. Correct. Yeah. Um, so before we go further into your work on Amp Charge, I would like to know a little bit more about you. Uh, so how long have you been with Ampol? And maybe tell us a little bit about your background before joining yeah. Ampol. Um, I've been at Ampol for six years. Um, I, I work in different projects in the retail fuel aspects or dealing with consumers, but also in the B2B space. Um, joined the Future Energy two years ago, um, engaging with customers across different sectors, understanding their needs um, and their targets for a net zero transition. Before Ample, I work in different aspects. I think the most relevant um, in consulting, so that gave me the opportunity to learn different uh, opportunities and challenges that sectors are across Australia are, are dealing and how to bring new solutions. So I, I like challenges to solve problems and, and really running transformational programs. Well, you've got a very exciting challenge ahead of you now. Yeah, or, I love it. Or you're in the midst of it. Um, another speaker here today at the AFMA Fleet Conference in Sydney said Australian companies are suddenly wanting to raise their sustainability credentials, but that they are finding it hard to translate goals into action. Um, is there something that you're doing to help corporates in their transition? Do you have any information days or anything that may help build relationships in the fleet world, which account for some 50% of new car sales each year? Yes, I, I think there are a couple of things that come to my mind. Um, and, and here, looking at everything that we have done in the last two years, I 100% agree that it's hard to start and to give that very first step. Uh, at Ample, we have actually developed a product that is a, a carbon neutral fuel product for companies that want to start showing some credentials, want to start that journey of transition now, but they don't have the, um, the technical, I guess, assets to move into electrification, whether it's fuel cell, electric vehicles or EV. So that's one thing that we can support. The second aspect of that um, is, is really about this, right? Having having this conversation, providing opportunities to understand the learning, the, the what are the considerations that fleet companies need to look at and how we can develop pilots together so we can accelerate the transition. Um, yeah, that's just something else that I wanted to get some better insights from you on. Like when you're talking, to companies about their plans, what are you learning from them? Like, what are their goals? Has there been anything that stands out and captured your imagination? I think, I think what what has been a revelation for me is is the process in which companies go about this. And the first step is to start um, identifying what is the carbon emissions, um, and then it's like. Uh, a wide opening moment, eye-opening moment is like, wow, I, we had no clue that was so big, etc. And then it's that emotional reaction, and we need to set targets. So companies typically go, maybe I'm generalizing, I shouldn't, but, but that emotional reaction, it is strong. And then you set targets, but then you have all the problem of how we actually hit those targets, because it is 
it is challenging to find vehicles, it's challenging to have infrastructure. So we already have set a target how I achieve that. We'll be back after a short break for a word from our sponsor, Sofico Services. Sofico is a world-leading provider of enterprise software for the automotive leasing, finance, and mobility industry. For more than 30 years, international leasing companies and OEMs count on Sofico's expertise and technology to help them transform innovative product concepts into streamlined business processes and engaging customer experiences. With more than 370 experts, eight offices on four continents, and an annual growth averaging 15%, Sofico is perfectly positioned to help its customers succeed in a rapidly changing market where electrification, shared fleets, and multimodal mobility challenge us and our customers to play a pioneering role. Continuous investment in people, innovation, and leading-edge technology is the basis for continued growth and success. Um, that that really rings into why I'm here. I, I see myself as, a, as an element of facilitating the conversation and really form groups in which we can accelerate energy transition. Um, for me, this role has a purpose and a meaning so important um, that I, I, I'm really passionate and my whole team it is. It's like our purpose is to facilitate the transition and it's working with customers and helping mm -hmm. them to find out the shortcuts and what are the learnings, what are the things that you need to consider, what are your options. Um, yeah. Are you sort of suggesting too that like when a company finds out that the transport emissions out of their whole emissions is so significant, like maybe, you know, across Australia, transport say about 20% of emissions. Yeah. So my research is that transport itself is 17% from memory for fleet and passenger and like commercial vehicles is probably 10% of those of the total emissions. Yeah, it really depends. I think for this particular industry, transport and fuel itself is a big proportion. When you think about other sectors, it's not that um, important. But what I'm seeing is that fleet is going to be likely the first segment across Australia to transition. Can you tell us what you think are some of their biggest concerns are among fleet customers? Yes, um, good question. I think um, the research that AFMA has done in October 2020 um, that has been is, is going to be updated very soon really reflects on the on the primary concerns or barriers. It, it is the cost of, of vehicles, of EV vehicles that they can acquire. Secondly, is the EV charging infrastructure for workplace, and the third one is the limited choice of vehicles that they can actually access. 
those are 100% still super relevant um, topics and will be for, for a while, but there are other considerations that uh, maybe are not so um, top in the conversation, but we should be talking about. One of those is, for example, when we think about vehicle, yeah, it's not just the cost um, and the availability, but also it is likely you will have a mix of vehicles in your fleet uh, between electricity and fuel and how you deal with that. It's an important question. The second aspect of infrastructure uh, research is telling us that around 80% of the charging sessions will occur at home. But when you think about fleet, the, the same AFMA research is telling us that roughly 50% of the, of the drivers don't have a home garage. At, uh, so that presents a, itself as a problem. When you think about light commercial vehicles, the numbers are even worse. Less than 30% of them have a home or garage at home. So how you're going to solve those problems? How you're going to um, perhaps consider other options that are economically viable for your fleet? That's important. And hence, that ecosystem that we are trying to build is going to be super relevant. The last piece that um, it is, for me, super important is the whole process um, an operation that means for fleet management you have change management how drivers are going to interact with the different apps different payment methods different charging functionality how you're going to deal with admin you have many vendors fuel and electricity costs you have to reconcile home charging expenses and so on um, and yeah the, the whole energy management how you make sure that is renewable energy how you make sure that you are optimizing that spend in energy? Are you charging the peak hours at night time? How you're scheduling your route in order to um, optimize the space where the charges are? So when everybody goes to the workplace, they have a charge to, to, to run the session. Another um, point that you mentioned today was our concerns about reliability of the, you know, the charger being compatible or working, functioning, et cetera. Can, I, I hadn't sort of like thought about that very much. So can you talk a little bit about that? Absolutely. I, I'm pretty, yeah, I 100% understand why we haven't thought about us as, as customers, because we are used to go to a petrol station, fill the tank, it works, the pump works or should work. But when we think about charging sessions um, and really about that customer-centric in the early stages of the industry, um, the operators were thinking about, okay, locations need to have amenity, amenities like toilets, a coffee shop, or a, new, a place where you can read the newspaper whilst your, your session is going on. But whilst that is very important, survey after survey in the coming years, is really showing that the most important critical factor for customers is reliability of that charging session. We have done some study um, and a research that ran third, fourth, across 30 countries, 10,000 charging sessions shows that 45% of those first attempt fail, uh, which is a huge number. Imagine going there and it's not working. You have to call a customer service. You don't know what's going on. So that really talk about how important reliability is. You want to go to a site where there's a charging space and it's working. 
Um, the way, the, the, the reality is that reliability can be achieved and the study shows that how you achieve that is first of all, having best in class hardware and software solutions so you can um, prevent those failures to happen, but also building an in-house um, capability that you can quickly fast track what, what is happening, identify the root cause and fix that for the long term. I guess um, Australia is a laggard in the whole EV uptake, but this is one of those points where we can grab lessons from overseas which are more advanced than us, is that? 100%. I guess our approach is that, our perspective is that we have a one-time-in-a-life opportunity to learn from other countries, do it fast, do it great. So why would you start all over again learning those lessons, right? And now finally, we need to wrap up because everyone here is downstairs having drinks and mingling and we <laughs> want to do that too. So let's just finish up again talking about Ampol's solution to assist Australians and Australian business advance on their journey to sustainability. Will Ampol be using green energy to power up EVs on its network? And maybe tell us also, how optimistic are you that Ampol and Australia will get this transition from ICE vehicles to EV light? I'm very optimistic. Let's just start by that. Um, that's the reason why here we have a great team working on the solutions and how we are going to overcome, overcome the challenges. Um, your question about green electricity, it is an important one. Um, I think we, we, we are approaching this by the assumption that we are trying to solve the problem of transition energy, but also to achieve net zero goals. Hence, the electricity that we will be providing for our um, charge is going to be in electricity, whether it's through solar panel, battery on site, or buying uh, offsets to, to yeah, offset the, the emissions, but it will be green electricity. Fantastic. Thanks for joining us today, Angelus. I'm so happy about your goals and plans and I'm wishing you and Ampol every success because I think that is going to translate into success for Australia and help advance more ambitious targets in this country. Thanks, Caroline. It was great to be here to talk to your audience today. Let's go have a drink. Yes. <laughs> Auto News Podcast. It was edited and produced by Isabella Fiorentino. Thank you again to our new sponsor, Sofico Services. It's great to have you on board. The original theme music for this podcast was created by Isabella Fiorentino. You can follow us on Spotify. Just search for Fleet Auto News. We're also on Instagram. Facebook and YouTube. Our website is fleetautonews.com where you can get all our stories, videos and podcasts. Until next time, drive safely and take care.